Welcome back, Udomaniacs, to the podcast that explores Udomania. Uda what? Udomania is wellness for your highest good. Each week, we dive into topics of personal development, nutrition, spirituality, mental health, and well-being with guests who generously share their tools and expertise. If you enjoy what you hear, please be sure to follow on Apple or subscribe on Spotify. It helps me, and you'll be alerted when a new conversation drops. While you're at it, go ahead and share this show with a friend or two. As a new podcast, this is the best compliment you can give me. Speaking of compliments, you've been so generous with your reviews that I'm going to read a new one each week this summer. <laughs> this listener says, you the best. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear more. I love your energy and how truthful you are. Feeling good about ourselves, our bodies, and overall well-being is so important. It's encouraging to hear others' stories, and I can't wait for the next episode. If you haven't rated and reviewed the show yet, I hope you'll feel inspired today. Now, let's get into the conversation. Today, we have Sean Hill with us. She is an internationally certified trainer of neuro-linguistic programming, also called NLP, timeline therapy, hypnotherapy, and a master coach. She is an expert in helping people reprogram their unconscious mind, rewire old belief systems, break through lifelong mental and emotional blocks, and create alignment with their dreams. She's also the author of Activate Your RAS, The Art and Science of Creating Your Reality from the Inside Out. And Sean is the host of Vibrant Mind, Vibrant Life podcast. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm really happy that you're here. We talk about mindset quite a bit on this podcast. You know, it's a wellness podcast, but like you say, mindset is really the key to success. Yeah, it really is. It's amazing to me to think that we have 70,000 thoughts a day and roughly 80% of those are negative. I think of our thoughts sometimes as like junk mail and we treat every thought as priority mail when we really need to learn how to sort through those thoughts. So I hope that you'll help us in knowing how to navigate that a little bit more today. Yeah, absolutely. I like the analogy. I think, yeah, a lot of what we are taking in should just go in the spam. Right. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And we, so let's talk about that, like how we let our thoughts kind of dictate our belief systems and then therefore our habits and our activities. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's get stuck in. So to pick up on what you said, habits, activities, they are the end result of everything that is going on internally for us, which is often where the sticking point is for people. Because when you want to change something in your life, what is the first thing that you usually do? It's kind of, yeah, I'm going to make a plan. I'm going to do this behavior different. I'm going to start walking. I'm going to eat different. All of these things, which are all the end result, the kind of the behavior. Yet the behavior doesn't just happen. It's the result of our thinking, our feeling our physiology, our beliefs, our values, all of this stuff, which comes before, and then we behave off the back of it. The work that I do and what I'm passionate about, and I know we have in common, is helping people to dive into the, the programs that they run so that they can think differently, and then they automatically behave differently rather than going at it from back to front. It's kind of diving in it at the deep end. And when you do that, the behavior just, it becomes easy. It becomes who you are rather than something you're making yourself do, which feels like hard work. It's like fighting through that spam filter. I and mean, here's, you know, 
however many thousand thoughts that aren't serving me. And I've got to filter through that to find the one little gem that has got the answer or the solution or the, the way of being. And that's just hard work. So it is hard work is when we rely on muscling through and, and willpower and not to overuse this analogy, but as you were talking, I was imagining like coming in from getting my mail with my whole stack of junk. And imagine if you looked at each piece, like literally took in all the information of each piece as though it was all the same. Like you had to take action on each piece of that spam yeah. mail. It's so overwhelming. And then it's, yeah. and then it stops us in our tracks, right? Absolutely. And most of that mail that we're receiving isn't true. It's just a program that's running. So it keeps delivering just like a computer would if you had the same operating system that you had back in when you were growing up. It doesn't necessarily work anymore. It's not compatible with today's world, yet we still operate from that system and wonder why things aren't getting us to where we want to be. So yeah, we're, we're running with this analogy, aren't we? Yeah, <laughs> we're running with it. I think it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, it really does. The analogy that I love to use, which you may have heard already before, is the the submarine and the rowing boat. So your unconscious mind is like this big submarine under the water. This is where your programs live. So between the age of naught and seven, we're like a little sponge absorbing the world around us. We've got no conscious mind at this point to stand in and question whether what we're taking in is true, whether it makes sense, to rationalize it. So absorbing this world and our submarine, our unconscious mind is programmed to head in a certain direction. So it's programmed to think, to feel, to act a certain way. And it does it on autopilot, which is wonderful because it allows us to kind of get out of bed and walk and brush our teeth and do all of these amazing things without giving it a second thought. The conscious mind is like the a, a rowing boat sat on top of the water. And this is the stuff that we see in it. We call this reality. Now, your unconscious mind is like 95% of what you do. The conscious mind is like 5%. Yet when we don't like the view, when we don't like this thing called life and it's not taking us in the direction that we want to go, we get out our metaphorical oars and we attempt to row in a different direction. Like, right, I don't like where I'm heading. I'm going to go this way instead. So we start doing that by changing our behaviours. I'm going to start going to the gym. I'm going to start dating. I'm going to start a business. But what we fail to take into account or don't even realise is that the rowing boat and the submarine are tied together and the submarine didn't get the memo. <laughs> so it's still 95% of your brain is going in the same direction and you're using 5% of your mind to try and pull against it in opposition. And that's what you call willpower. And that's why it doesn't work. It's tiring and it's why most people give up. And when you think of it like that, you think, yeah, fighting a submarine, it's mission impossible. Absolutely. So then how do you get those two to speak to each other? Yeah, good question. That is the, that is the work, <laughs> isn't it, right? Work, so yes. there are, you know, as coaches, we have techniques, we have tools, modalities that we can use to help people make that change quickly. And I appreciate there are going to be people listening that are like, yeah, just give me something now. How can I begin to make the shift? The first step to any of this is to become aware of your thoughts, your feelings, the patterns of behavior that we carry out as people. Because until you know what something is, until you're consciously aware of it, you don't know what to change. So begin to make, whether it's a journal every night, however you want to do it, 
just make note of, right, what was it that I was thinking today? How did I feel? How did I respond in those moments? And what is it that I want to start shifting? What are, what are the differences that I want to make in my life? Because when you want to change your life, there's something that you want to have, right? You've got a goal. I want to achieve this thing, which means that you've got to do something differently to what you're doing. Otherwise, you'd already have it. The key is to become somebody new. So when you become the version of you that does the things that that person does, then you have the goal. So it's becoming of who am I, but becoming aware of who am I right now? What are these thoughts? What are my beliefs? How do I identify as? What are my behaviors that I'm carrying out? And then who is the person that I need to be to do the stuff to get the new life? So there's a lot of uncovering what's already going on for you. And then think about what does that person think? What do they feel? How do they show up in the world? Because there's a connection between our thoughts, our feelings and our physiology. When one changes, the other ones change as well. So focusing on all three of them is a really powerful tool rather than just going, right, I'm going to work on my mindset or I'm going to work on my body. I'm going to work on how I feel today. Think about them as like they're interlinked, like the infinity symbol, and they're always working together. So start to get clear on who is this version of me that I want to step into. What, what do they think every day? What things are they saying to themselves? How do they stand physically? How do they breathe? How do they hold themselves? What's their identity? Like, are they, oh, I'm somebody who is ambitious. I'm somebody who's quite assertive. I'm whatever it might be. I'm calm. I'm grounded. And step into that person's shoes. One of the easiest ways to really do that is to focus on the physiology, which sounds a bit counterintuitive being a mindset coach. Yeah, I think the key is to work with what you've got. And our body is something that's always available to us. And when we change our physiology, our thoughts change and our feeling change. You know, if we change our feelings, the body changes, the thoughts change. So work with all of them. Yet the fastest way to begin to make changes is to change your posture, change your breathing, lift your head up, get yourself into that. I think it's like a whole TED talk, isn't it, on the power pose? Yeah. Mm -hmm. where hands on hips and even just doing that you're gonna start feeling differently like I challenge anybody to get themselves into a power pose put their head up I smile you know, look up to the sky like you are a superhero and then think something bad it's like you, your body is almost resisting that from happening so work with your physiology to begin to shift your thoughts and then become aware of the thoughts shifting because what you focus on, you get more of. So kind of it's the cycle that then begins to feed itself, if that makes it, sense. It makes a lot of sense. And I really want to focus on this, you know, what you think of, you get more of. I think a lot of people doubt that you can like really impact mindset at all. I'm surprised that people feel like it's just the way I am. It's just how my mind is. And they're kind of like a slave to that. And I love that you actually get people concrete steps to be able to change that. And I think that's a big part of what your book is about as well, right? Yeah. How, how do how can you get more of what you want? How can you find more of that if things don't feel that sort of uplifted without faking it? Mm. How can we actually make real substantial change? Yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned that because what this isn't is about pretending that things don't exist. 
Because if you've got stuff going on in your unconscious mind, if you're feeling a certain way, if you're believing a certain thing, pretending that it doesn't exist doesn't make it go away. If anything, you know, it's, it, it will come as a whisper to begin with to say, hey, here I am. This is, yeah, this is what you've got to deal with. And if you ignore it, it will get louder and louder and louder. So becoming aware of what that thought is, is acknowledging it to begin with. Your unconscious mind, one of its primary roles is to protect you. It wants to keep you safe. So when you're pushing yourself, when you're putting yourself out there in ways that maybe you haven't done before, it's going to go, I don't know what this is. This feels uncertain. I'm here to protect you, so let's not go there. And in a loving and caring way, it will go, you you might get hurt, let's pull back. And this is that self-sabotage cycle of like, I want it, and then I start destroying it. You know, it's a bit like relationships. You step into a great relationship, and the minute it starts getting good, it's like, no, I'm going to back off because I could get hurt. (laughs) And it's the same in all walks of life. So firstly, just acknowledge where you are and start to make friends with your unconscious mind instead of like beating yourself up. Oh, here you go again. I knew you'd fail. It's kind of right. Yeah, you're doing your best because even that will begin to loosen the grip on Adlam. It's like, oh, no, you're just doing your job. And I acknowledge you for that. And thank you. And then let you know yourself, know, let your unconscious mind know it's safe to change because if it thinks it's scary, it's going to resist. So let yourself know that you're, you're safe to change. Then my book, which is called Activate Your RAS, so your reticular activating system, is all about a part of the brain that acts like a gatekeeper to your mind. So it filters through all of the information. It filters through all of those envelopes that come through your door and brings into your conscious awareness the ones that you deem to be important that you off by giving them your attention. So the things that you're focused on your unconscious mind will go, here's the mail. This is the envelope that you need to open. Now, the way that a lot of people experience this is through the law of attraction. And when you first hear of it, and it's like, you know, what you thoughts become things and what you think about, you see more of. And then suddenly you decide, right, I'm going to buy this new car. I'm going to buy some new shoes. And they're everywhere. It's like everybody has the very thing that you've never even thought of before. You think, was it always there? Is it like, has there been a big sale that I didn't know about? Why am I seeing it? It's in brochures. And what does it mean? Like, what do I do with that information? That is your mind bringing to your conscious awareness the things that you are focusing on. So the question is then, how do you use it on purpose to bring into your attention the opportunities, the conversations, the people, the everything that you want that is going to lead you to where you want to get to? So it's not just kind of doing it by default, by accident. Oh, I've said that this is important and now I'm seeing like peanut butter everywhere because I've decided I really like it. But that's great. (laughs) And it's only going to get you so far. So deciding what it is you want and letting yourself know this is important and I'm going to go for it, it's going to start to bring into your awareness that very thing. And it's also going to bring into your awareness all of the reasons, the beliefs, the everything that's going to stop you from getting there because they're going to come from, oh, it it wasn't a problem before because you weren't going for it. Now you're going for it. Here's everything that you didn't know existed, all the unconscious stuff that you were just bopping around to without any conscious awareness. So I know what I want and I now know all these reasons why I don't think it's possible. 
I think there can be a tendency then to go, right, I know what I want and I want it yesterday. Like I, I just want to go from A to Z immediately with no steps in between. And that's where a lot of people, in my experience, tend to fall down and give up. Because it's like, if I didn't get there straight away, then there's something wrong with me. It's obviously not working. I'm, my thoughts are controlling me rather than seeing it as a step-by-step process. So rather than going from, I don't believe this is possible at all and it will never happen, just get on board with the idea, maybe it's possible. What if it was? Because your brain is then going to show you, rather than showing you all the reasons why it's not possible, it's going to show you, ah, here's a way that maybe it's possible. Your reticular activating system is going to activate whenever that version of reality presents itself. So that will start to feed that cycle. And then you get on board with the next step. Oh, there are some people doing this, but, you know, maybe I could do it. And your reticular activating system will go, ah, here's maybe a way that you could be the one to do it. So it then becomes a feeding mechanism for the beliefs that actually support you rather than just finding more and more evidence as to why something isn't working. Okay, I would love to pause here and dive in a little bit because the little bit that I've heard about the reticular activating system is like equated to the example that you gave. Like if you decide you love a certain car, suddenly you see that car everywhere, right? That's one example that's commonly given around RAS. But what I hear you saying is when we have our own dreams and wishes, that RAS might be the first kind of impediment to us really expanding our dreams. However, and correct me if I'm wrong, however, if we continue to stay open and curious, we can keep kind of expanding that capacity and working with the RAS positively. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. So it's activating it on purpose. Mm -hmm. So deciding this is what's important to me. This is what I want to achieve. And this is where my focus is. You to maniacs. Thank you for listening to this episode of You to What? I know you love to learn about health and ways to feel better and get more joy from your day to day. You want to experience eudaimonia, but are you implementing what you learn? And do you feel successful with that? Maybe you aren't sick. You just don't feel great, like constant fatigue, foggy thinking, bloat or digestive issues, anxiety. These are all things that I can help you address. Is your doctor talking to you about the pillars of health like nutrition, sleep, movement, breath work? This is true preventative medicine. For example, when you work to bring more balance and health to, say, your hormones through diet and lifestyle, you can experience a cascade of benefits, such as weight loss, more energy, better digestion, better sleep, better moods, and so much more. And it all stems from treating the root cause, not each individual problem. So I'm talking about this because the most common complaint I hear from women is that they know what they should be doing, but don't have the time or energy to make it happen or to stick with it. I get that. You probably read a lot, listen to podcasts like this, and just generally know a lot of stuff, right? But knowing and doing aren't the same. A friend of mine just said, I feel like there's a lot of people out there who don't know how much they need you. Sometimes we need someone with a 10,000-foot view, an outside perspective, to guide us. It can be confusing to constantly clear your path when you're bushwhacking through the weeds. I help my clients get from where they are to where they want to be. If you're ready to prioritize your own well-being, let's talk. Schedule a free consult call with me. 
and we can take the first steps towards discovering your own unique wellness blueprint. Visit my website to schedule, emilygeiser.com. Links are in the show notes. So it's activating it on purpose. And then every time you notice something, even if it's not the very thing, it's just evidence of the right direction and you make a note of it. You might write it down. You may just make a mental note and think, aha, okay, this is an idea that has popped into my head. This is evidence that I'm focusing in the right direction. Even if it's not the full, like here's the big goal, but it's the next step. I think it's easy to dismiss the steps along the way and just think, well, it's not that. So that's not the thing. You know, it's like to give you a kind of a real life example, if it was somebody wanted a relationship and or money, let's use money because that's a, a common thing that comes up for people. So I'm starting here. I'm £10,000 in debt and I want to create £100,000 this year. And then so I start to just change a little bit. You know, when I think about money, I shift my body. I change my posture. I get into a stance of power rather than decide, letting it kind of determine where I am. I make a note of who it is that I need to become. Who is this wealthy version of me? That What do they say? What do they think? What do they identify as? How do they breathe every morning? And then when you get this little bit of evidence like, oh, I, my partner had a pay rise or I sold something today or whatever it might be, something on eBay sold. Many people dismiss that as, yeah, but that's not the hundred grand. So that's, you know, I'm not there yet. Seeing that as, aha, I'm starting to notice opportunities. I'm starting to have a conversation with somebody about something that might lead somewhere. And then your reticular activating system will go, aha, it's important. Here's more of that. Here's more of that. And it's like a spiral that ends up leading you to where you want to be rather than going, I'm here today and I'm there tomorrow. Because when you get there, there, there'll be a new there. So it's like, you know, (laughs) you think that there won't. You think, you know, when I've got all of my dreams in the bag, that's it. I'm done. Life is good. And if you speak to anybody who has achieved anything in life, it's they're never done. It doesn't matter where they are. There's always more because it's never about the thing. It's about the who you become along the way. Mm, I love that. that did that answer powerful. your question? Because <laughs> it really did. I it expanded the understanding of RAS a lot for me because I hear it in like manifesting world and maybe vision boards is where I think I first was introduced to this idea. And I didn't, I hadn't quite realized that when we first like put something out there that is also going to show us all the ways that it's going to be hard or that it might not work or the small steps that don't feel like the big step. I hadn't understood that piece and I definitely get caught up in the like, "Eh," but that's not what I wanted. That's not as big as I wanted. So maybe I'm on the wrong track. I can, instead of seeing it as like celebrating this, I'm getting better at celebrating the small steps, but it it just takes effort, right? It takes, I have to remind myself. Yeah, absolutely. And to continue on with what you just said there, because it's a really important point is the the thing that you want to achieve, the thing that you want to have, that is a target to give your unconscious mind a direction to go. And sometimes within that, people will have, this is how it's got to happen. These are the steps. The problem with that is when you tell yourself something has to happen in a certain way, the message to your unconscious mind is that it can't happen any other. So your reticular activating system shuts off to all of the other opportunities, all of the other possibilities that could lead you to the thing that you want. So 
having an open mind about how you're going to get to your destination is crucial. And also appreciating that that destination is really just a target for you. It, if you get within 80% of that, if it looks slightly different to how you imagined it would, what you're really going for is the essence of it. It's the underlying feeling of it, what it gives you. You know, if it's £100,000, for example, to continue with that, what does that give you? Is it freedom? Is it the ability to have choices? Is it to be creative? Is it to live a certain lifestyle? And you may get it in the way that you think, but it may come in a nice gift-wrapped surprise box that you couldn't have considered. So getting hung up on the how is telling yourself it has to go this way, which is usually driven by limiting beliefs about the way things need to be. Because let's face it, if you absolutely 100% believe I can achieve that, that thing that I want, do you care about how? Like, really? If it's like, I'm go as long as it's within your values and integrity, it's like, would you care if it was by going on somebody's podcast or by selling a course or whatever, you know, whatever the modality may be? It's like, do you mind as long as you're doing what you enjoy along the way and then you end up where you are? It's just the limitations in thinking that put it in a box and go, this is what it needs to look like. This is how it needs to be. And that in and of itself is feedback for you to get your notepad out and go, right, why does it need to be that way? What am I thinking? What are my thoughts around this? Yeah. Oh, maybe it, I think it can't happen any other way. And that's a limiting belief. So let's unpack that. Well, what if it could happen a different way? And then your reticular activating system will go, here, have you thought maybe what if it could happen this way? Well, I not consider that one. And kind of playing with it and having fun because it should be fun. If the, the, if the journey to the goal is not good fun, then what is the purpose of the goal in the first place? Absolutely. Yeah, I think this is a really good point. When I talk about goals, I talk about similarly, like reaching the end point of the goal isn't necessarily the goal. It's more to keep you moving in the direction of your dreams. And those shift all the time. And when we move forward, we get a new vision for ourselves, right? And I had learned once about saying this or something better, like setting a goal and saying this or something better. And I've kind of lost track of that, but that's a powerful statement to add on to goal setting and visioning. Because it takes the how out and it just is so expansive. And maybe my RAS would cure it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because you are literally telling your mind to look for this or something better. So something better comes along. You may well otherwise have deleted that out of your experience and gone, well, no, because it's this. Yeah. Not something better. Don't show me this other opportunity over here that is way better. Don't plant that thought in my head that could make it even better than that. Just, just this. So it is that opening up your mind to look through the mail that may be there, that it wasn't the original mail that you wanted to open, yet it gives you exactly what you're looking for and often stuff that you didn't even know you wanted. Yeah, exactly. You don't even know to ask for it. Yeah. When it arrives, it's like, ah, oh, there you are. bit like the relationship. You meet your partner and you go, well, you weren't what I thought you would would be. You don't look how I imagined, yet you are the very thing that I was looking for. Yes. Now, I think for people that don't do mindset work, it can seem very like esoteric and woo-woo. I love woo-woo, but the RAS is actually a part of our body, right? It's not just yeah. like this concept that you're, you're sharing with us. So what is it? Is it part of our brain? Can you speak about the actual physical piece that it is? 
Yeah, so you're, you're right. It's a part of the brain. I'm going to break this down to keep it as simple as possible for people to understand. Yeah, it then gives you an idea about why we all perceive the world in the way that we do, why it's different, and then how we can begin to shift it if it's not working for us. So if you imagine this world, everything that's going on around us, our unconscious mind is taken in. Every single thing, even if we're not consciously aware of it. So for example, the temperature of your breath right now, or the feeling of the back of your left calf. That was always there, yet until you bring it into somebody's conscious awareness, you're probably oblivious to it, but it's all going in your unconscious mind. Your unconscious mind is taking in approximately 11 million bits of information per second. So if you imagine 11 million jelly beans coming at you every single second of the day, just bombarding your senses, so everything that you see, hear, feel, smell, taste, over and over again, which is too much for us to consciously process. Our brain would explode. So what it does is it deletes, distorts, and generalizes information. So to continue with jelly beans, half of the jelly beans it wouldn't even notice. They'd just be gone, like the temperature of your breath, just oblivious to it. It will distort them. So maybe the pink ones look like the red ones, or maybe you generalize it and that you put them into bunch groups of information to make it manageable. So in real life, that may be, you know, we bunch cars together. We don't think that's a Ford Puma 1.2, blah, 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 blah. We just, it's cars. <laughs> so we can manage things. When we distort stuff, it might be that a leaf blows past and we think it's a spider. So our brain kind of plays tricks with us. Now, what you're left with is from that 11 million bits of information, you delete, distort and generalize it based on your beliefs, your values, your personality, your memories, your decisions. So all of the things that make you uniquely you and you're left with 126 bits. So 126 jelly beans. So we go from all the information that we could take in that's available to us, 11 million, every second we have 126 bits. And everybody's 126 bits will be different, be totally unique, because we all have a different model of the world. We all have a different belief system, memories, all that kind of stuff. That 126 bits is our thoughts. That's what creates the movies that we play in our head, the, the self-talk that we have. And that those thoughts are linked to the way we feel, which are linked to how we then physically hold ourselves in our physiology. The thing that determines which bits you're deleting, distorting and generalized are to do with your reticular activating system. It's what you think is important, what you focus on based on your model of the world. So this isn't kind of, this isn't woo woo. This is how the brain actually works, which is why when most people go through life, not a lot changes unless something significant happens. You know, the, the values, the beliefs, they're kind of programmed in and the, they tend to stick there. Unless you have a significant emotional event, for example, somebody has a baby, their whole belief system changes, their identity changes, they're now mum and things that weren't important to them before and how important it changes those internal filters, the beliefs, the values, the everything shifts and suddenly you see a whole new world. Not Could be good, could be bad, could be positive. You know, it could be that suddenly you see danger everywhere that you never were aware of before. It could be that you see possibility for your child that you never saw for yourself. So it changes your model of the world, which then changes which bits your RAS activates to bring into your awareness. And all of that 
which is the important bit, leads to the action that you take, the behavior that you carry out, which is ultimately what gives you the results. So you can see why behavior is like, if all you do is focus on the behavior, you're missing out this whole cycle that led to, oh, I didn't just do this today. It was a, an accumulation of all the things before it. Mm-hmm. A lot of information. <laughs> that was a really good description. And, and we have so much coming at us. Tell me how many jelly beans are coming at me in a second. 11 million. So if you imagine it in, we've been going with mail today. Imagine 11 million envelopes coming through your door every second and you're left with 126. And that 126 is the thing that you call reality because that's what you're perceiving. That is your perception and the bits that you're taking in from everything that is around you. This is why two people can go to the same event at the same time, stand in the same group of people and give you a totally different account of that event, how it felt, how what happened, the conversations, who said what. And it's like, were you even at the same place? Yeah. yeah, but they were experiencing it based on their world, not the other person's world. It's so fascinating. So you shared with us like changing your thoughts and your beliefs and your physiology. How about your environment where you live? If, the, if this is what's feeding our RAS all the time, then what are great ways to set up the environment for success? Yeah, absolutely. I think environment is such a powerful tool because it's the one thing that you have control over for the majority of it. So your environment is the foundation that everything else sits upon. And environment in my world is your physical environment, as in where you spend your time, where you live, and whether or not that is tidy, whether it's set up in a way that is going to support you in your goals. You know, there's lots of talk about if you're going to go for a run in the morning, put your running gear out the night before, things like that, simple steps. And it's also, who are you spending your time with? You know, what things are you taking in? Podcasts, TV shows, are they supporting you or are they feeding into the limitations that will hold you back? So thinking about that. And also your environment is you as your own physical environment. Physically, like, what are you eating? What are you, are you, are you eating food that is going to give you the energy to do the things that you want to do? Or are you eating stuff that makes you feel lethargic? It, it goes back to who is the person that you need to become and what is their environment? You know, what time did they go to bed? What time did they get up? How do they arrange their desk? What are the simple stuff that has such a big impact because there's the law of correspondence, which is a universal law, just like gravity, that states as within, so without. So the world is a reflection of us. and it works both ways. So a bit like what's the what's the thing called where you organize your space for energy flow? Feng Shui. Feng Shui, that's the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bit like that. So when you change the outside world, it changes the inside. And when you change the inside, it changes the outside. So it's working again with everything that you've got in, your, in front of you to have that impact. So if it's like, right, I don't know how to change my mindset. Cool. What I do know how to do is sort out my drawers because if you've got drawers with stuff shoved in them under the carpet, it's often a metaphor for what's going on internally. Are you just shoving things in a drawer and thinking I'll deal with them later? So your house is, is, your space that you're in is a great reflection for, ah, what is this a metaphor for? Am I just cleaning around the surf 
like the, the bits that people can see, but never dealing with what's really going on. So look to set yourself up in an environment of success with the people you hang around with, the way that you organize your space, the things that you take in. And that in and of itself will have a massive impact on how you feel and your thoughts and then what your brain brings into your awareness. I love that tip. It feels like such an accessible way for people to maybe who are scared of mindset work or who haven't felt very successful with it, just to start playing around the edges, right? And notice the changes there before they dive a little deeper into the submarine. This is just a quick interruption to tell you about a new service I'm offering. If you like listening to this podcast and you're ready to take a leap forward in your well-being, you might love Voxer Coaching. Voxer Coaching uses a free app called Voxer. It's this really cool walkie-talkie app that I've used for years in tandem with my coaching packages so that my clients can get support outside of our scheduled sessions. And now I'm offering this as a standalone option. It's great for anyone who feels busy, has trouble scheduling appointments, or thinks regular bite-sized support might be better. Voxer Coaching is like having a health coach in your back pocket. I've seen this service propel my clients forward between our sessions, and I think everyone can get some great support and accountability this way. You can leave voice or text messages whenever it's convenient for you and know that I respond back personally every day during my office hours. You can learn more and sign up on my website. Links are in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely, because it it is all connected. It's all part and parcel of it. And as you say, it's really accessible. It's something that you can do. Whilst you're listening to this podcast, you know, pop your headphones in and get your hoover out. <laughs> it's really yeah. practical. Yes. Yes. Great point. Sean, is there anything that I haven't known to ask you about that you think is important for our conversation? This is one tip that I like to share, and it's something that it took me a while to understand, is when you decide that you want to change something in your life, there can be a tendency to reject where you are. Like, this isn't where I want to be anymore. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. The problem with that is what you resist persists. So if you're rejecting your current situation and seeing it as being wrong or bad, then your focus is on it, your attention is on it. And when your attention is on it, your reticular activating system is going to go and here's all the ways that it's bad. And here's other ways that you haven't thought of to make it bad. So my biggest tip would be to accept where you are with love and see it as the perfect starting off point for you to go to where you want to be. So Just see it as being perfect right now whilst you head towards the perfect destination that you also want to go. Anywhere you are right now is perfect. There's so many lessons to be learned from it. There's so many blessings that we probably haven't even noticed until time passes and we can look back and go, oh, well, that was a blessing in disguise. So love on the now moment and embrace it fully. And that will ultimately create a better future anyway, because if you feel good now, it's going to shift everything. And it's such an empowered way to go about making change, too. Yeah. Coming from that place rather than rejection, right? It's like a positive shift. I was talking to a friend today who's like, who is cutting out sugar and she was feeling frustrated with how much sugar she's eating right now. And I think to your point, it's like, okay, this is, I'm just in a place where I'm eating a lot of sugar. And I would like to be a person that eats less sugar, right? Mm-hmm. So both can be true and both are positive. It's not like we're criticizing one part of ourselves. And yeah. then from that place, you're empowered in becoming a person who eats less sugar. Absolutely. Yeah, it's accepting where you are right now. And it is that wonderful thing of hindsight, is it? You know, when, when after the event, 
we can look back and I don't know who it was that said you can only connect the dots backwards, never go forwards. Mm-hmm. So what if right now is exactly where you're meant to be and whatever you're taking from it is the thing that's going to propel you forward to where you're going next? And in rejecting it, it's like you're missing that that very opportunity. This could be mm-hmm. the very place that you need to be. So just yeah. think, what if I am right where I need to be right now? and see where that then leads you. I love that. That's that curiosity of seeing more through the RAS of that, right? You are where you're supposed to be and you can be where you want to be. Absolutely. I like to think of it a bit like, I imagine there's the world that I'm living in as a chessboard and there's this higher power, there's this source energy, whatever label or name you want to give to it, that is moving all the little chess pieces around and in my human body, I can't see them because I'm chess piece on the board. And sometimes there may be a step to the left and I'm thinking, well, this doesn't make sense. You think, well, I don't have the bigger picture of the board mm-hmm. and all the play that's happening and all the other moving pieces around me. So whilst it may be, well, you know, I want this thing over here and I thought I was going to get it that way, but I'm going over here. What if this is exactly where I need to be and I'm going to bump into that person that I wouldn't have done otherwise? So it's having that excitement about, hmm, I wonder why this might be. Well, what is it that I haven't noticed yet that is going to be of value in the very near future? <laughs> Love the playfulness of it. Yeah, going to make it fun. Absolutely. All right. I'm a big believer in the power of a morning routine. And as somebody who manages their mindset quite a bit, I wonder if that starts for you in the morning. And if so, like what, what does your morning routine look like? Yeah, I love my morning routine. Uh, For me, I create about an hour to an hour and a half. That is just my time. I get up before my partner does. The world is still quiet. And it's just that space to set myself up in whatever way I feel is appropriate in that day. So it usually starts with a meditation, which may be just a simple 10-minute meditation. It may be some breath work in there, followed by... I love my hot lemon and ginger and some cayenne pepper. So give the the body a good boost because it's the vessel that's going to carry me (laughs) through the day. And then some form of exercise. So often yoga, maybe some other kind of things. There's usually stretching involved. And then I am one of these crazy people that likes to have a cold shower, sometimes a cold bath. (laughs) Then the day begins. There can be other bits in there. Sometimes I journal, sometimes I don't. There's no fixed this has to happen I did that in the past and I found that I was doing it because I think I should rather than because it felt good or I felt called to do it it's like you know morning routines are the thing Uh, they're going to be the thing that leads to me to my success and then when I didn't do them it's like oh no now I won't be successful so I created this whole kind of belief system around it and I thought you know what the purpose of it is that I feel good when I do it I enjoy it so whatever kind of floats my boat that morning that's what I go with And if there are mornings where I don't feel like it and I prefer to have a half an hour, an hour in bed extra, I go with that as well. Mm -hmm. It sounds like regardless, your morning routine is checking in with yourself and giving yourself what you need the most in that moment. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. Whatever that looks like. And what a gift that often we don't do for ourselves at any point in the day to check in and just say like, what do I need right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think if you can... Set yourself an alarm every hour, every couple of hours and just stop in that moment and think, right, how am I feeling? What What's going on for me? And how can I just have a little reset? Even if it's, you can get 
three minute meditations on YouTube that are wonderful to just take that breath and it recharges you from the inside out. It's, you know, the, it's not necessarily about the big moves, the big leaps, the whatever you want to call it. It's the small moments day to day that over time add up and have that compound effect that lead to the big stuff. Yeah, I say small hinges swing big doors. It's so true. Very right? true. Tell us where people can find you. Tell us about your book and where we can get that and all the places. Yeah, so Instagram's probably the best place. So it's I am Sean Hill. Sean is S-I-A-N. And so yeah, come and hang out with me there. There's my book, which is Activate Your RAS. You can find that on Amazon. And I've got links on Instagram to be able to get hold of it. And for those who are maybe curious to learn a bit more, I've also got a free masterclass, which is all about creating your reality from the inside out. So it goes into a bit of detail about how thoughts turn into things. So how do we take that energetic thought process and turn it into physical matter, which is fascinating stuff. Really good stuff. I will link to all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your wisdom here with us today. It's been a really interesting conversation. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've loved it. If you're still listening, thanks so much for sticking around. If you love what you heard, please hit follow and pass along to a friend. You can help others find this podcast more easily by taking a moment to rate and review. And if you're curious what it's like to work with me or just want to learn more about the work I do in optimizing your own wellness, head to my website, emilygeiser.com. You can connect with me directly on Instagram at emilygeiser. Links for those are in the show notes. I'll be back next week and hope you will be too. Until then, think good thoughts and go for them.